breakfast. And our guest right now is State Representative Linda Dean Campbell. And Linda, thanks for joining us this morning here on WHAV-FM. Well, it's it's always a pleasure, Wynn, and thank you thank you for having me, especially in the morning, right? <laughs> You're always chipper and ready to go, and um, so it's always it's always good to be on to uh, talk a little bit about you know what's going on at the at the state level that affects people um, you know very directly. Oh, definitely. You know that uh, message that we just heard. Uh, you know, talking in a roundabout way of uh, COVID-19, and and uh, you happen to find yourself right in the midst of all that stuff right now, and the uh, and the soldiers' home in, in Holyoke, uh, you know, a tragic situation that occurred over there, and uh, all types of reports floating around, but but uh, you'd like to see something else go on, some some further investigation, right? Yes, and I'll, I'll uh, the, um, you know, where I'm coming from, from this um, as chair is I have the, you know, the privilege and opportunity to work with a lot of veterans groups, uh, the disabled veterans group, the American Legion, and, and of course, the VFW and, and various local veterans organizations. And, you know, they, they come to the committee um, with concerns and ideas on everything relating to veterans, and we're very, very thankful for that, that input. And, one of the things that you know they have brought up to myself and the speaker has been we want to talk we need we need to give input on this and you know yes there are a lot of uh, very um, uh, important investigations ongoing and i am very grateful that they are because we don't you know when we don't necessarily on the committee ourselves we're not staffed up um with a, with enough horsepower to to really um, get into this um, without some outside help. So these investigations will be very, very well done. Um, I thought the one that, that the governor commissioned that just came out was very well done, and that'll be a big help to us. But the bottom line is the veterans want to speak, and they don't want all of the elected officials to come up with a, you know some big uh, plans when they haven't had a chance to, to speak. And, and I think that's critically important in it. And and so that's where I'm coming from. Uh, they need to have a voice in all of this. So you're so the the governor's uh, report or the report that was done for the governor. They they didn't uh, bother to to talk with the veterans themselves. They did. They talked to the folks um, out at the home, and you know the governor understandably wanted to get this um, report out as quickly as he can to make some changes that that can be made right away. Um, and that, and that's, uh, that's important and I completely support that approach. Um, but basically, you know, that report focused on what happened at the Chelsea, I mean, at the uh, Holyoke Soldiers Home right away. You know, the, the immediate, um, actions or, or, uh, negligent actions that did not happen right up leading to, you know, that, that crisis and tragedy. That's what that report really focuses on, um, you know, the immediate events leading up to to the uh, tragedy. So there are obviously many other things that need to be looked at um, that occurred well before that. And so, uh, you know, veterans and, and the general public really hasn't had a chance to weigh in on all of that. So both, both approaches are needed, um, but um, the public and... And, you know, veterans in particular throughout the Commonwealth uh, need to be able to speak about 
what they want to see happen moving forward at, at both the soldiers' homes. Yeah, the uh, the story that we have today you know, talks about uh, mentions the uh, disabled American uh, Veterans Department, uh, you know, talking with you, but uh, also mentions the fact that uh, perhaps there might uh, there should be a change in uh, in how uh, care is given. Perhaps the uh, the new generation of veterans they they have different uh, injuries from uh, from previous generations. That is correct, and so. I've, you know, a, we have um, weekly conversations with Secretary Sutters, uh, the chair, and I of the Veterans Committee, and and that's very very helpful. Um, and she, you know, has uh, talked about, um, you know, the changes that are are coming down um, the pipe in in healthcare for um, our elders, and we have um, in the Commonwealth tremendous assets to uh, look outside of government, to uh, private expertise, to expertise um, in our colleges and universities that have a great deal of knowledge about uh, the best uh, type of care to offer our elders and, and what that model might look like, and that we should really take the time now uh, to look at those models as we move forward with you know future renovations at Holyoke in terms of the physical plant. So there's a lot of uh, potentially really um, uh, good and new changes that could come um, by speaking to experts um, in this field. And and I think she's that's a very good point that she makes. And she is very, very committed to doing that. We're talking with State Representative Linda Dean Campbell from uh, Methuen, uh, who also covers uh, a portion of Haverhill. And uh, and the uh, co-chair of the uh, Committee on uh, Veterans Affairs and uh, Fed- uh, Veterans and Federal Affairs, right? That's the uh, correct name? That is correct. Oh, wow. How about that? <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't memorize all these uh, committees. There are a lot of committees, but uh, I got that one. How about that? Yeah. Now, that, is, that is excellent. So I'm thinking that it's probably uh, best to get it right the first time rather than to uh, you know push something through and then make adjustments later on is that what you're thinking that's what I'm thinking and I and, and also the the speaker and I are on the same page on this in that um, as I mentioned we we need the veterans to come forward um, you know veterans that are involved in in helping us make policy for veterans in the Commonwealth um, some of the major veterans organizations and leaders of those organizations want to come forward and say, this is, you know, this is why this happened. It just, it just didn't happen, you know, in, in the days preceding up to this tragedy. This is why it happened, and this is what we need to fix. And I really think that those are the people we need to listen to. Um, and, they, and they are also the ones, our VSOs, who, you know, who process the claims um, to get veterans their support. They know what they're seeing in terms of the type of care that veterans will need, and so I think we really we really need to to listen to them um, very carefully about how they see care evolving for veterans as we move forward. And you know, like you mentioned, uh, traumatic brain injury, for example, or or, or PTSD. Um, we have experts. Uh, we work closely with home base. Um, down in Chelsea, just a worldwide recognized organization to treat 
um, PTSD. And we need to, we have tremendous, like I said, tremendous um, assets in the Commonwealth to work with these individuals to say, okay, should we, you know, maybe should we consider some, some, um, some day care options for our veterans? Uh, maybe should we consider some, um, you know, bringing in some experts for traumatic brain injury and how would those facilities be set up uh, to care for these veterans? And, you know, you, I think most people, if they read the report, not read the report, but if they followed the issue of Holyoke and the press, you know, they, they learned that there were a large number of dementia patients at Holyoke. Um, are we providing them the up-to-date care that we, that is available, um, in our, in our, you know, best hospitals, um, that dementia care? Are we, are we providing the best care that we can? And, um, so we need to really tap the assets that we have here in the Commonwealth. And, um, I'm, um, I'm, I'm very pleased that Secretary Sutter's uh, feels the same way about that. Oh yeah, and and with all the uh, the colleges, uh, the research facilities around here, you know they're always on on the leading edge. So that's a good thing. I was just uh, curious: is the uh, the veterans' home in Chelsea is that uh, similar to Holyoke as far as conditions and things like that? Yes, the um, in my understanding, and this is prior to my my being chair of the committee, but my understanding when you know, the money was received. Um, they they looked at both homes and, 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 and tried to put the money where it was most needed. And Chelsea, um, I guess, was had, you know, as does Holyoke, very deplorable conditions, but it was, I guess, deemed to be more deplorable, right? Um, so Chelsea is in the process of undergoing um, a, a total renovation right now. They're, they're, they're just beginning this process. Um, and a lot is being learned um, in that process, and it is um, taking a slightly different approach in terms of caring for veterans and, and what they might need and how to uh, make sure that veterans at our soldiers' homes are also part of the communities in which they live. So there's a lot of very um, cutting-edge and, and dynamic uh, programming that is being looked at there and also... Um, how we make a physical facility that that matches what we want to do. Uh, we're talking with State Representative Linda Dean Campbell, and uh, you know this, that's uh, the COVID nineteen and and what happened in Holyoke, and uh, you know that's uh, front and center as far as the news goes. But anything else uh, on the horizon uh, that you're working with for veterans? Well, uh, it's we do have a um, a veterans package which we. Uh, it's a package of about, you know, uh, it can be upwards of 15 bills or it could be smaller. But every session we usually have a package um, to put forth uh, towards the end of the session. We usually try and do it before Memorial Day. And that package has been worked on by the committee for two years. Um, the committee is a, a very dynamic committee. The, 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 the reps and the senators are really, really hands-on. So we have a package that um, has been um, sent up to the attorneys to review about 12 or 13 bills, and and they're excellent. They're all excellent pieces of legislation, and we are hoping that we'll have the bandwidth um, when to to do that this session. But um, there just there's just uh, so many immediate 
uh, needs. Um, you know, we this past week we we passed a major funding bill to ensure that the federal money that we're getting is spent on time and where it should be spent, so it doesn't get pulled back, right? Um, so you know, we did that this past this past Wednesday, and and that was a major effort um, trying to to do this. Uh, legislating remotely is, you can imagine, everyone had something they wanted to add. So there were many, many amendments, and this also has to, this all has to be done remotely, and it's very, very challenging um, for the House of Representatives to do this. We got it done, um, and it's now uh, heading over to the Senate. And we just uh, recently passed, um, you know, a major piece of legislation extending early voting and also uh, expanding. Um, voting by absentee ballot because we saw what other states were doing and the problems that they were having, you know, long, long lines, right? A lot of people um, waiting in line for, 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 for like 12 hours, right, to vote um, in other states. And we, uh, we want to make sure that that doesn't happen here and that if people want to vote um, by mail that they can do it securely and and um or they can or they can go to vote and vote in in a line where the social distancing can take place and they're not waiting for hours to vote so uh we 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 recently passed that that's a major piece of legislation that we need to get done right away uh because all of our local you know city clerks need to implement this and you know implementing something is very much harder than passing legislation, right? So we need to give them time to prepare. I mean, September is right around the corner as far as they're concerned. So uh, it's it's going to be a major challenge for the Commonwealth, and that's something that we recently passed that um, we need to get to the governor's desk. So the yeah the the voting by mail that uh, you you touched upon that and that's. Uh... Yeah, really, just a, an expanded version of the absentee ballot, isn't it? It is, and it's, it's somewhat. The other thing that we did was we expanded the time frames for early voting, and that makes a lot of sense because automatically that's going to allow people to vote um, in a safer uh, framework. Um, and uh, we know that most people are going to go vote in person. They just feel very strongly about that. Um, and so I think that you will see, um, you know, most people go to the polls and they'll take advantage of that expanded time frame rather than, than vote by mail. That's just, you know, that's how people feel in their gut. They want to go in there. They want to watch their ballot go in the machine and their vote counted. And, um, and I, I, I certainly understand that. I feel that way myself. Uh, so, but we do know that there are a number of our elders that have said they wanted to vote, but this time they're not going to go because they're, you know, they they've seen what's happened in other countries and people standing in line for hours, and they've just said to us, you, you know, you you have to come up with a mechanism to allow us to vote, and we believe that you know a tremendous amount of work was done on this um, very very early on um, when when COVID broke because we we know this was was going to come and it takes um, a lot to get this right and to make sure that that it's a very secure way of voting and um, you know because people have concerns they voice their concerns to me about this um, but what what we do know is you know when it, when an absentee ballot comes into the clerk's office they make sure that that 
um, is documented so that person cannot come back and vote in person. Um, so we've, we've gotten, um, you know, we've gotten very good at um, preventing voter fraud. Uh, it's, it's statistically almost insignificant. And so we felt that just for this, you know, just for this election here, um, we anticipate, especially the presidential, you know, election, that voter turnout is going to be is going to be significant, and we need to make sure that people in Massachusetts don't have to wait a day, you know, in line to vote. All right. Well, Linda, I want to thank you for uh, for sharing all the information that you have, and uh, we'll get you back, and and you'll tell us more stuff. So I like that. And that sounds great. I really appreciate the opportunity. Oh, you bet. Thank you so much. And uh, and we'll see you around. State Representative Linda Dean Campbell uh, from Methuen, also representing a portion of Haverhill, our guest this morning. You're on the wave, 97.9 WHAV-FM. Wake up with Wynn Damon weekdays from 6 to 9 a.m. on 97.9 FM WHAV. That's the wave, WHAV.